and welcome to Show Me Your Mic, the podcast uh, where I talk about podcasting. You can find it online at goodstuff.fm slash smym or on Twitter at smym underscore fm. I'm your host, Chris Enns, and for this episode, I've got Jeremy Churfus of Eat This Podcast, where he talks about and interviews guests on any and all aspects of food, just not cocktails or restaurant reviews. He actually does a lot of interviews on-site at conferences and events, and so we spend a good time talking about the gear and techniques he uses for getting great interviews with people milling around you. My thanks to Campaign Monitor for sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mic. A little more about them later on in the show. Be sure to tune in, listen to the end. Special Good Stuff-related event announcement you may not have heard about yet. And also an email newsletter sign-up. So now, here's my conversation with Jeremy. So welcome to Show Me Your Mic, Jeremy. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Chris. It's uh, We have a unique or interesting history that I had completely blanked on before uh, <laughs> from going back to the, well, it wasn't that short-lived. I was going to say app.net uh, had a short-lived history, but it it's still going. Hey, stop talking about it in the past tense. <laughs> I, it, I, I gave up on it maybe when I felt, I well, I, it was a combination of, this feels like a explaining a dating relationship or something where I, I just got <laughs> busy, things happened, work got you know, busy and I didn't have time to invest in it. And, but, uh, but then all of a sudden I, I logged in and I must've turned off notifications or email notifications a long time ago, which right. I usually do on most of these services. And so I didn't actually see that there's people actually had asked me a question about a recent episode. I mean, this is a couple months ago now. Yeah. And, but going back many months ago, you and I had been back and forth when I was more active on there and, you know, just chatting about podcast stuff or whatever, and then didn't connect the yeah, dots until. No. Yeah. And then I think, I think you also put me in touch with, um, Adactio, Keith, because I'm I'm still, I love Huff Duffer. In fact, I think it was you who who turned me on to Huff Duffer. Um, oh, nice. And uh, but I still have problems with it, and I wish, well, I wish that those problems would go away, but they're not <laughs> of my making; they're of his making, and or rather, they're more they're more of of other people's makings. Um, and right. and you put me in touch with him, which is great too, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, that's well, that's a neat connection, and yeah, I think the the main issue is probably is it SoundCloud still that's causing struggles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I know he's he's cracked some code, but I'm sure as just like many of those kind of services, as he fixes something, then SoundCloud they change changes it. it and, they change it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think you know SoundCloud is part of the problem. I think the other problem, frankly, is podcasters, and I'm possibly among them as podcasters who don't understand that with a few tweaks to what they're actually posting they can make life a lot easier for people who do want to huff duff it and i again i don't know how other people manage but i find interesting stuff to listen to via huff duffer and so uh, i want to be able to share stuff i've found uh, yeah anyway yeah, yeah, and I. Uh, what's your your handle on Huff Duffer? I can... Jeremy Churfus. Yeah. I use my real name everywhere, just about everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. it makes it easier for me to remember. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, I'll put that in the show notes so uh, folks can yeah. find the interesting stuff that you might listen to, and we'll talk about podcasts you listen to more later on in the show. But uh, that's just mm-hmm. obviously a great way to find random, sometimes more random episodes. That's how I use it, anyways. Is yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. So, um, and yeah, there's a interview of I'll just do this little plug right now before because I know I'll forget later. An interview with Jeremy Keith on Show Me Your Mic. Uh, that's going back a few episodes, but I'll again put that link in the show notes too, so you can Great. hear that. Episode 36, it was. Yeah, um, I listen, I remember listening to that back at the time when we were talking to each other. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and some of it was completely beyond me, and the rest of it was really good. <laughs> Yeah, I wish, uh, not that we have to go too long on Huff Duffer, but I, I kind of wish Jeremy would, uh, easy for me to say, I know he has plenty of talents and skills, so he's not lacking in terms of uh, things to do or be occupied with, but I sometimes wish he'd just charge a, you know, sort of like an Instapaper kind of thing, charge five bucks or whatever, a year or ten bucks a month or I don't know, whatever it would be, but to make it a proper paid service in some oh. respects, but or at least, yeah. But that's, well, that's that's two of us with money waiting for him. Yeah, oh, there you go. It's probably not enough to keep a, a service running, but uh, it's a start. So mm. we'll see. See where yeah. he goes. Anyways, yeah. all that to say, you're on this show now because you have a podcast uh, I do. called Eat This Podcast, which is a great name for a show, by the way. Thank um, you. Your byline for your bio is, comes out every two weeks and talks about any and all aspects of food and specifically not cocktails or restaurant reviews, which I kind of like. Um, 
it looks like you started roughly like early 2013. Yeah, uh, March 2013, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so what's, uh, was this your first foray into podcasting or, or how? Not entirely, this? not entirely. I, I, should, I should confess that I've worked, in, I've worked in broadcast radio and TV um, <laughs> long ago. You have to confess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and I think that, that experience, and, and I love radio, I absolutely love radio. Um, and I, um, uh, I think it was Orson Welles who said that having a, having a movie studio was the best train set a boy could have. Well, I, I, I think having a, a radio station is the best train set a boy could have. And, and so I'd played around. I've always done bits of recording and stuff like that. And I, did, I tried to get my previous job interested in regular podcasts. Um, but then I just thought, you know, the heck with it. I'm just going to do it. Um, and and uh, so I, I did it. I did it. Um, you know, if I'd known then what I know now, I might have done it slightly differently. But my goal is to produce interesting podcasts about food in the widest sense. Um, so history, archaeology, geography, sociology, economics. I just, it's, it's using food to look at the world, um, really. Um, and I can get all pretentious and say, well, you know, we all have to eat and this is something we all can relate to. And, but it's actually because I find it absolutely fascinating. I, I love following the connections. I love um, understanding what's going on in, in, in different aspects of food. And, and, and so it's a sort of indulgence for me. I, can, I get to ask people, get to talk to people about things that fascinate me and share them with, with listeners. Um, and that's what drives me really. Um, is your, is I've, your background in food or, or just more of a cook chef, you know, like to make food? No, or my background, your... no, my background is in biology. Um, I mean, I trained as a biologist and, um, and, and then I worked, I've worked in communications ever since finishing my, my, uh, my PhD. Um, uh, I'm I'm really a journalist. I, I see myself as a journalist between the worlds of biology and the worlds of and, and, and the rest of the world, if you like, um, translating scientific research and and other kinds of academic research in order that I can understand it and then pass it on. But it does inform. I mean, my my biology informs my own cooking and many of the things I do. Um, I bake a lot of bread myself using sourdough starters. I make my own yogurt. I do, I do pickles, um, lacto-fermented pickles. So, you know, I'm very aware of the chemistry of cooking and some of the physics of cooking and a lot of the biology of cooking. Um, and that, that's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's beyond mere cooking, if you like. Although I shouldn't say mere cooking. I think cooking is one of the great things. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And that's what I found so interesting is, you know, I, I got, you had, you were another person who had submitted or, or whatever it's called to the, uh, proposed to be on the show, so to speak. And, uh, -huh. uh and saw the byline for the show, eat this podcast and was sort of expecting, you know, uh, recipe cooking show or whatever, which is kind <laughs> of, you know, fairly popular, that style of blog anyways, for sure. Very, less maybe very. podcast. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was surprising and, and pleasantly surprised to hear it was more just the history or the everything else about the food than the actual well, cooking per se. Thanks. And I mean, I have done recipes, um, but, but not in any great detail. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great way again of, uh, like I've often talked about on this show of sort of exploring a niche or a topic in a, from a different angle than other people are. And that brings listeners that are less, either less interested or already have that area filled right. and need something different and a different look at Right at those kind of things. And, and even yeah. the, the one episode I was just listening to before we started recording is the Kazakhstan apple forest episode, mm -hmm. which I, if I just saw it in a list, I would have probably skipped by and not thought anything of it, not be, because it's not something that's as of interest to me directly, but then listening to it, there actually is a connection where you're talking, uh, your guest on the show 
Uh, he was mentioned, Reed, yeah, yeah, had mentioned something to the effect of having to go to Kyrgyzstan to get his passport and stuff, and just other <laughs> things that came up. Nothing to do with apples, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, and I, my father-in-law actually used to work in Kyrgyzstan many years ago in mining and oh. stuff like that. And so there's just yeah, funny little connections to the world that wouldn't have otherwise come. Right, and, and you know, another thing he talked about was that you know the Russians planted red delicious in Kazakhstan and. You know, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Why on earth did they do that? I could go chasing that rabbit hole for, forever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. Yeah, and that's what I think is the interesting idea. And there's, I know um, previous guests have mentioned some podcasts like this where sort of history, if you're, you can be a history buff and probably really love that stuff, but also just the casual connections of things that you wouldn't otherwise know or be aware of and why yep. and that you can like what you said just following the rabbit trail of why some of those things have happened throughout history and not just assuming it's always been there or whatever the the angle might yeah. be yeah um yeah. so you're doing a bi-weekly show uh, every couple of weeks yeah i just uh, i've just started something silly which is doing trailers um in the week in between i got a sort of between one and two minutes and that um, I'm not too sure about it because oh, yeah. without having a schedule, um, you know, it's very hard to say, I mean, you have, you have a schedule. I kind of release them every other Monday, but you, you, you podcasting's funny that way. You can't say tune in next week or tomorrow or whatever it is. You just put it out there. So I'm just hoping to, to peak pick people's interests and maybe, maybe get a bit more interest that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is tough because I mean, for all intents and purposes, this episode of you and I talking now live on you know Tuesday, November eleventh, two thousand fourteen, mm-hmm. could very well be someone listening to it a year from now, assuming exactly. I'm paying my bills. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, and there's yeah, tune in Tuesday next week or whatever. May doesn't make be. any sense. Yeah, and added to that is like we were talking about before we start recording is we do stream live here, goodstuff.fm, so people can tune in live if they want to on the actual day and so then yeah it's almost like in a a blog post or whatever where it automatically updates the date to be relative to the current time Mm. somehow need the machines to be able to go back through and edit the words to be (laughs) time sensitive or time relative so Mm. but that would be a little ways away uh how do you go about sort of picking a topic is it sort of whatever catches your fancy that week or do you prepare month uh sort of schedule for yourself in advance or what's your um, inspiration? I, I have about a thousand RSS feeds in, <laughs> in news blur, something like that. No, maybe it's 600. I, I can't remember. I've never actually counted. I zip through those a lot. I read, I read some, some other blogs um, that deal with food, food history, food studies. I go to conferences. I love going to conferences. Um, in fact, Eat This Podcast started for me at a food conference, the Oxford Symposium on Food and Cooking uh, in 2012, which I'd been going to before then, but I, I took my recorder along and thought, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. And it, it then took me about six, seven months to get around to actually doing it. Um, conferences are brilliant because you find people who, who haven't um, necessarily made a, made a name for themselves but have a really interesting story to tell. Um, and it's really, if, if I can get the time away from work and can afford to go, it's really efficient for me because, you know, in two, three days I can get, well, the last one I went to was in June in Perugia in, 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 in Tuscany and, and I got, well, in Umbria, I should say, good Lord, they'll shoot me. Um, and I, you know, I got three, four stories there in, in a matter of days, plus went to all these interesting talks. So, um, but yeah, I just keep my eyes open. I think that's also part of the journalist training um if you like my training's too pompous a word but you know i'm i'm always on the lookout for stories and things that other people may say well that's pretty trivial or that's that's not of interest to me might just pique my interest and then i i'll go off and look and sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't Mm -hmm. yeah i should mention for folks who are not aware maybe you're located you you sound like you're in England. You're actually located in Rome right now, right? His, I live his in Rome. Yeah. I live in Rome. I've been here 14 years. Yep, yep. Nice. And so that, again, um, the the ability to have uh, vast international guests, or what's the word, not vast, but a, a variety of international guests at your doorstep almost is a, is a nice perk, I guess, of, of podcasting. 
it is and it isn't. I mean, um, Rome is indeed a good place uh, to, to because a lot of people come through who are involved in food and agriculture, but you often don't know about it. I mean, the, things like the Food and Agriculture Organization of the UN, FAO, World Food Program is here, EFAD, which is the International Fund for Agricultural Development, is here. But they kind of keep themselves to themselves, mm. and they don't really. It's very. They don't really. They're not really public. Um, and so although, I mean, I have a press card, although I can go in uh, on my press card, um, you, usually you don't find out about things until they're over. Right. <laughs> um, on the other hand, when people say, I'll be in Rome, that's great for me. Um, and and I, try and I try and do that. Um, but, but much more so, it's this internet thing. I mean, the internet is just for, for this kind of thing. It's just superb. Um, you can reach out to anybody um, with email. Uh, almost everybody has Skype. Um, if they don't, I've, I've done a couple of recordings to landlines using Skype at my end. It works fine. Um, not nearly as good as Skype on both ends. And, you know, um, that's what makes it possible. I mean, what used to cost £5,000 to produce half an hour of radio at the BBC or, or, or a commercial station, um, it's essentially free apart from time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. There's no way I would be having a conversation with someone in Rome and recording no. it at reasonably high quality oh. a few years no ago. Way. No yeah. way. No <laughs> way. Never mind publishing it on top of that after. after exactly. Time, so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, and sometimes we don't stop to think and, and sort of at the, the fast pace that everything goes, stop to sort of figure out or, yeah. or remember how quickly this has all been made possible actually relatively yeah. speaking so um do you so you do a mix of, of live in-person interviews with skype uh style discussions is that i never do live i never broadcast live um, right. everything is edited but but my my raw material is either face-to-face -face or um or recorded over over the internet um uh, uh i think the, the quality from Skype is terrific. I record myself locally. Um, uh, the quality of Skype is great and has got better. FaceTime is even better. Um, if people have FaceTime, I find the quality I get out of FaceTime is even better. It's much harder, though, to test. You know, um, there's so many... I, I use a little outboard mixer, um, and, and so you can send the signal to, to your guest... Um, and there are so many variables that having the Skype talk, Skype call testing service um, is brilliant. And, and, and sometimes when I've been replugging things, I'll, make, I'll have to make 10, 15 calls to that to get it right. Um, there's nothing like that for FaceTime. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to someone on app.net, um, Jason, and, and, and there was another, who was it? Red Queen Coda, who's doing audio stuff on app. She, she does audio stuff. She's on app.net. And I've said, look, if you guys could build um, a FaceTime callback service, um, the world would beat a path to your door. Um, but maybe it's very difficult. Um, or maybe they're just not interested. Um, <laughs> well, that is, it, that's an interesting idea. I actually hadn't thought of that for folks to use. I know I remember using that years ago, but the, the sort of Skype... Uh, like a bot of some sort, uh, pre-recorded yeah, voice that you just can call to test rather than you know, bugging a friend or whatever to test with if they're exactly or, or otherwise. Exactly. <laughs> for FaceTime, um, for FaceTime, I bug my wife, um, but she she's not interested in hanging on the line. So I call her and <laughs> and and you know take her her iPod Touch into an yeah. It's lunacy. It's lunacy. <laughs> I, I I don't do it anymore. <laughs> That's interesting. So, well, let's talk a bit about uh, about some of the gear you're using to record with, since you mentioned. Okay. Um, so you've got, uh, um, I guess, the recorder you said you use at conferences. You mentioned talking with people there. What what type of device or what are you using to do that? I've got a, I got a reasonably new recorder. I got it early this year. It's a Roland R26 um, digital recorder, four channels, uh, two XLR in. How much tech? rubbish do you want it's beautiful i love it i love it um it's it it's it's really effective for me um i used to have a a, a much smaller little roland r uh, r9 um and it it was it was great it was terrific for a couple of years but it it couldn't it it it, it 
had the switches were so tiny one of them just eventually popped out but this r26 is is great it has built-in amp built-in mics four built-in mics and and two xlr inputs um and and it's um yeah it's it's great Mm -hmm. i love it i love it are you using the built-in mics typically or do you bring along mics? no no, I use the built-in mics if I want to. If we're, if we're recording somewhere noisy, I will record because all the tracks are separate. Um, so I will use the built-in mic sometimes to get ambient noise to do uh, wallpaper, you know, for as as wild track essentially. Um, but I use uh, my main kind of stick mic is an Electra Voice RE50, um, workhorse, very good. Uh, takes a lot of takes a lot of beating um but it it suffers from the one big problem of all stick mics which is that some speakers just back away from it you know no matter no matter how carefully you 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 hold the mic um and it does need to be fairly close in a especially in a busy place um and so i have two little um sony uh condenser clip-ons you know lapel lapel mics Hmm. um and those are great you know because i can put one of those on me i can put one of those on the guest we can be sitting four feet apart um they're each going into one channel so when i come to do the mix i have separate i have control over both of them separately um and people people do forget about those they never they never really forget about a stick mic in their face um so with I've the, never, sorry to interrupt, yeah. with the stick mic, just going back to that, that's sort of like your, you know, quick, I need to just quickly do an interview and you're going back and forth with the mic between you and your yeah. guest, sort of, that yeah. idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then do you know, it might matter for some folks, I guess, if you happen to know, but the, the lavalier mic or the uh, lapel mics, right, that you're using, what, do you know what model type you're oh, using? Oh, it's a Sony ECM50. ECM50, okay. Yeah. I mean, stunning little mic. Stunning little. I, I want to buy... It's interesting. Um, well, no, let's. Yeah, you ask the questions. I'll. I'll, I'll <laughs> That's okay. I'll try and remember what I wanted to say. <laughs> uh, well, going from that, I guess just following that your sort of field kit version of recording. Going that goes. Does that go straight into the the re r twenty six, or is there a preamp of some sort that you have to straight in? Straight, straight in. in. Oh, nice. Yep. Yep. Straight in to 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 record. If I head out to record, I've got a tape recorder. I've got. Uh, stick mic, two lapel mics, and a pair of headphones. Nice. And that's, that's plenty. Yeah. And so then obviously I'm just looking at the R26. There's, you know, levels and meters and stuff on there that you can see. Yeah. And there's a, and there's a really cool, I mean, it has, it has all the stuff like voice activated and automatic gain control, which I never use. Mm -hmm. Um, but it has a rather cool auto level sensor. So whatever mic you've plugged in, um, you press a little button, you speak for about five seconds, and it says, "Hey, set the set the input level to this," and you do it, and it generally you get terrific results. Nice. Mm. And so that really also then, nice. so you have uh, whether you, I guess whether you're using the you wouldn't necessarily use the um, the handheld mic and well as well as the the lapels or would you? I've like- never tried that. I've been tempted once or twice, um, but I've never actually tried it. I. Um, I, you know, um, it doesn't seem worthwhile. Mm-hmm. What I'd like to try is a shotgun. Um, I've never, I've never really done. I've, I've used a shotgun mic, but I've never done a, uh, a kind of shotgun recording where I could have the mic down at, at my knees, say, and right. just tilt it from one of us, you know, from one to the other. Yeah, I've never, I've never tried that, and it's kind of expensive to play with. Um, you know, I keep I keep thinking that would be my next well that would be one of my next purchases <laughs> would be would be a shotgun mic. Um, I know that they're much more widely used in the U.S. than they are than my experience of them anyway in the U.K. or Europe. Mm-hmm. And do you try and like when you're at a conference and just try, sort of looking for um, I guess tips for people who might try this? Whether obviously you know. Many fields have an interest to have conferences of various types, and so whether you're web design or or food or whatever kind of conference it might be grabbing a guest at a conference. Do you try and like sort of look for a room or just kind of go with a, a corner of a, a, a hall or I, whatever? I try, I try to go somewhere reasonably quiet, but mostly 
because I don't want people disturbing us. It's not, it's not for the audio silence, because one of the good things about the stick mic versus lapel mics or, or, or um, well, maybe not versus a shotgun, um, certainly versus the, the built-in mics, which I wouldn't use, is that the stick mic is basically not very sensitive. And so if you've got it four inches from somebody's chin, um, under their chin, um, you pick up you pick up a little noise, but not so much. Um, and and so I want I, I want a little bit of noise in there because otherwise you've got echoey stuff and you've got artifacts and and you know there's no point tr- pretending you're in a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I t- I tend to prefer just to take them to one side, but not in the main crush of people. Because if you're in the main crush of people, it is astonishing how people can walk by. They can see you and another person talking intently to one another. You're wearing headphones. You're holding a microphone. The other person is talking to you. And they'll come up and say hello. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it's a major frustration sometimes. Yeah, I don't know if they... They might not do it in Canada here because we're we're a little more um, apologetic and... and, uh, (laughs) sensitive to <laughs> they'd at least come up and say sorry maybe uh, yeah if they bump so, into you, sorry but, hello yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i can yeah i can certainly appreciate that and and uh yeah you get all types i guess at conferences uh, you do so you do. <laughs> um and so you've got your uh, i'm trying to think of uh do you use big over-the-ear headphones or just kind of like inconspicuous ipod style or whatever headphones to depends depends mm. i've got um i i i have a i have a pair of closed over-the-ear headphones. Um, I don't like them that much. I've got, I mean, they're, they're noise-reducing, Bose noise-reducing. And I, I, I tend not to take those with me. I've got a pair of open, um, large Sennheiser headphones um, that work perfectly well for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I monitor with those. So I guess, yeah, you'd still, you don't want to be, uh, well, just like the scenario where you said somebody comes up behind you. You kind of want to know <laughs> you're in a, yeah, a place I, where... People. Absolutely, and I often take one ear off. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got one ear that's monitoring what's coming out of the tape, and one ear that's listening. And that's, but also the importance of monitoring yourself uh, and the recording is is probably vastly underappreciated. Maybe if you for folks who haven't done that, where you record it, I've done this myself with video interviews and stuff, where you, I uh-huh. think, oh, it's good, I know what it's going to sound like, and then you actually put headphones on, and all of a sudden you realize there's a cricket in the person's yeah. jacket or something that's yeah. uh, actually yeah. being recorded. Yeah, no, it's it's vital. It's vital to do that. Um, I think you know that's one of the things um, I would always say. Mon- whatever you can do it with, whether you can do, you know, you said earbuds. Yeah, sure. If you, if that's all you got, use them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, um, any other gear that you bring to a conference or like those those kind of live or not live, but you know, I'm sorry, no, person recording. But what I want and what I was going to say. Earlier, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I think. I mean, in a pinch, I have recorded on my iPhone using the built-in mic on um, on the earbuds. Um, it's vastly better than the than the built-in mic uh, of the phone itself. And I've done video interviews like that, and I've taught. I mean, I teach people video, and and I always say, you know, you've got to get better audio because video camera audio is complete rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I I have, I bought one of those kits that supposedly allows you to plug your mic into an iPhone and it's rubbish too. I can't get a signal out of it. Um, and I, they're those wonderful giant squid mics. Have you come across those? The, um, giant squid. I forget the, I forget the, uh, URL now, but there's a guy who hand makes the most beautiful little mics. Um, and, uh, but they're not good for so far. You can rig them with a preamp to a to an iPhone, but they're they're not. Uh, it's not easy. Um, what I would love to have, because I don't, you don't need all the bells and whistles of the Roland tape recorder. I would keep, I would keep mics in my pocket or in my bag uh, to use with my phone, if I if I could, um, because you don't always take your tape recorder with you, or I don't. Um, and I miss I miss opportunities that way. And what I would really love to have would be a, a good, solid um, Lavalier la, lapel mic um, going into the iPhone, preferably with as little coming in the way as possible. Um, mm. 
that that would be great. That would be great. Yeah, it's interesting. There's I know I've seen folks um, using that kind of stuff, and obviously each you know your mileage may vary as far as what kind of quality you get out of them. And uh, so if there's somebody out there listening who who's you know banging their head against the screen or whatever, saying no, that you've got to try X, Y, or Z, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, let like. us know. <laughs> I'd love to hear about it. Um, and uh, and even come on the show. There's uh, if you visit goodstuff.fm. No, sorry, goodstuff.appointlet.com. That's how you can get to the booking thing to come on the show. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for that, of course. Uh, and it's, I think I may have, yeah, I put it at the top of the page on the on the broadcast page uh, for Show Me Your Mic. So goodstuff.fm slash SMYM is where you can find uh, Show Me Your Mic in all previous episodes and as well as that link. So yeah, that's definitely, uh, to have a, a, you know, for all intents and purposes, a full, powerful computer that you could almost edit the whole show on your phone in your pocket, but not have great audio to it, that's kind of frustrating. <laughs> yeah, no, people but, people are doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. people are, you know, radio journalists are using iPhones effectively as a studio in their pockets, as a, as a digital audio workstation, and then connecting through 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 dedicated servers to their to their home base and it's remarkable what you can do mm-hmm. yeah the one I, i'd heard of it's like um i'm gonna butcher it i think it's a road xy mic or yx i forget what the yeah yeah i, haven't, I don't have any experience with ixy mic is the one i'm thinking of um i have zero experience with it as far as quality or anything like that it's it looks like the, well, Rode, I know, does a decent job with their mics, but I haven't experimented with this. It looks neat. My hesitation with any of that kind of stuff is often, um, well, I, I, changing an iPhone and Apple changes their style of their phone, let's say, and you upgrade, and then your phone, your mic, sorry, is all of a sudden useless yeah. because they, they change where the jack is or something like that. Sure. So sure. that's my hesitation. Uh, I guess for those of us with uh, more disposable income for the podcast, that might be something <laughs> to check out. <laughs> or if you're less cheap than me. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we go, uh, we'll go back to your, uh, virtually speaking, we'll go back to your apartment or your uh, studio, I guess, to mm. where you get to editing. Before I do that, I just want to pause briefly for a quick sponsor break. Um, this episode of Show Me Your Mic is brought to you by Campaign Monitor, their uh, service we have talked about a lot here, good stuff. And we've uh, been proud to say that they've been a founding sponsor since good stuff first began. Their uh, service that allows you to send emails to friends, clients, potential customers, uh, listeners of a podcast network, for example, sign up at goodstuff.fm slash newsletter. We use Campaign Monitor to send out our, our weekly-ish newsletter that we, we put together of, of recent news at, here at Good Stuff. And I've, uh, I've been, I play with the template each week, and uh, I think I've settled on what we're going to use now going forward as a format. But for the first 10 or 15 issues of the newsletter, I just I would choose a new template each time, just start from scratch and... Within a, they say their byline is about 60 seconds, and I think pretty much even less than that as far as getting the actual template up and going and uh, and then just throwing our content in, obviously, is the, takes a little longer than 60 seconds, depending on how much content you have. And uh, with features like geolocation segments where you can target certain areas of the world, Rome or Saskatoon, for example, um, or sending you know personalized emails with you know first name, last name, all that kind of stuff is there. Their uh, service that they use for showing you the reports from your newsletters that you send out is equally awesome and fun to sort of share within our Good Stuff uh, Slack chat room. Each time I send out a newsletter, I throw a link to the uh, sort of looks like a Google Maps style view of, uh, of the newsletter going out and you can see it actually live on the screen as it gets opened or shared or linked or whatever to around the world. Just gives a really neat visual to listeners or in your case maybe customers or clients uh, of your newsletter as they open it wherever they happen to be in the world so check out campaignmonitor.com our thanks to them for supporting good stuff and show me your mic okay so you've got you're in the field you've got your audio recorder let's say you bring it back to studio whatever that means <laughs> and uh, what are you using at home these days to edit uh, and get it into the computer and that kind of stuff uh, I take the SD card out. I put the SD card in the side of my Mac, uh, transfer the file, and I use Reaper um, to do my editing. Nice. Um, Reaper is, I used to use, for a long time I was using Amadeus, which is a super little program. Nothing against Amadeus. Um, 
but it it wasn't quite as good as I wanted. There were things I started itching to be able to do, and um, so I started exploring alternatives. And I looked at Hindenburg, um, and I don't. I'm not sure why I settled on Reaper, um, but I I and I. I mean, the other thing about producing a podcast like this, like mine, is you you want you want different things from what the music industry wants. Um, I mean, like I talk to musician friends of mine about deumming and how to make deumming as easy as possible, and they don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Reaper doesn't either, but it seems so incredibly. In, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, extensible. I can't do it, but other people have done it. So I find editing in Reaper much, much quicker um, than it was for me in other programs. I never really got to grips with GarageBand. I never really even tried, frankly. Um, Reaper, Reaper's, Reaper is now where I go. But I, I do feel, and I've said this on app.net, and I've said it elsewhere and in conversation with friends, I I do feel that there is a market for a, a, a speech-based or a speech-heavy uh, um, digital audio workstation. I, ne- I never, as I say, I never really got to grips with Hindenburg. I think it might be that thing, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where you can, yeah, you can put down a music track if you want, um, one or two, but you know, basically, it's about cutting and. and cutting and pasting speech. Um, but I find Reaper does all that for me and more. The price is right. It's about $60 to pay for and And actually, they let you use it for free forever. Um, but I'm against that in principle. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's, that's that. And then I, um, uh, I mix down to MP3. Um, I put it into iTunes to get the artwork in. Uh, I bring it back out of iTunes. I store it on Amazon S3, and I publish using a WordPress blog and the Blueberry um, plugin. Mm-hmm. And that's the deal. Yeah, it's not ideal. It's not ideal for me. I would like I would like more control over over the feed, but it's it's just not something I have time to get into. Hmm. How so? Is there something specific that Blueberry isn't doing what you'd like, or just I just I it's very hard to preview the f- I mean I mm. I don't know um I, I I think it depends on what you want people to see, particularly on a device. Um, I mean, there are some people whose show notes go on for screens and screens and screens, and mine do because I think it it's putting the whole of the show notes in. I want it. I don't want an excerpt though. I, yeah, it. I think it's just kind of laziness on my part that I haven't, I can't dedicate myself enough to what the things I want to do. Um, I would like to have written show notes and if you, if you like sleeve notes, I guess I'd call them that go with each podcast um, and that show up on the screen of your device when you're listening to it. Um, but I don't want the two to be equal really. And mm. at the moment they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a kind of a bit of an all or nothing thing, and and, yeah. uh, and also probably sort of chicken and the egg. Is there's so many different podcast players out there that yeah. it's hard for the RSS developer feed people to figure out a standard. You know, it's it would ten years ago maybe they could have settled on something where it was like you know main description and then show notes would be a secondary item in the feed or yeah. something. But yeah. And there's there's certainly each app, like I said, does it differently, and some are better than others as far as displaying it, and um, and that is true. Like the ability to preview that, and there's you know short of actually just publishing your your show or your episode, there isn't really a way to preview it on your phone. Let's say how it's going to look. In no, yeah. and 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 you know once it's out there, it's out there, and it and I I haven't actually come to grips with what happens when you edit it afterwards. Do people <laughs> who find the feed after the edit, see the edit. Yeah, it's it's all too complex. <laughs> yeah, I think in in my limited, maybe uh, maybe one step ahead of you <laughs> in understanding, not very far ahead, but uh, is that idea that it's it's a live thing. So as somebody tomorrow, if you change it tonight, then tomorrow that ever, 
people would see the updated version. And even people who, again, depends on the player. Some some players cache that item right. until you force a refresh and they right. wouldn't actually see it. Because often I've seen people say, like, you have to mark it as played or delete it if they've changed, you know, say the MP3 file goes, was corrupted or whatever. And then they yeah. have to yeah. remark it as unread and then they'll download the new one or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's that the ultimate flexibility of it, but tweaking it and customizing that item is, is still not as good as, you know, simply editing a blog post or whatever where you not, can do that. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Um, and that's what I was going to echo to your sentiments as far as a dedicated digital audio workstation of some sort for podcasting. It's tough to know how, obviously everybody says this is the year of podcasting again. And so it feels like there's a whole bunch of people doing this stuff and, but whether the actual market in terms of paying customers is big enough is always, yeah. I'm sure for a developer to know, um, but I think a whole lot of people, um, it's interesting how many people are coming out of radio. I mean, you've got, you know, you've got the whole Radiotopia thing. You've got, um, you've got Alex Bloomberg doing his startup pod- podcast company. A lot of people are coming out of radio and they know things like Logic Pro. Um, I, I came out a quarter inch tape and had an engineer. Right. Um, and so, so a digital, a digital audio station was perfect for me. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, it, it's, I, it's, a, it's just a miracle. It's a complete miracle. Um, uh, and, and I couldn't, I couldn't justify the time to learn to use some of the more complicated things. I'm barely, as I said, I'm barely scratching the surface on Reaper. Mm-hmm. You know, people who make music on reaper would laugh at what i do <laughs> well do you you mentioned extensibility is that where something i'm guessing there's sort of plugins or, or track automation oh. that you've downloaded or oh pl- there's plugins plugins mm. up the wazoo <laughs> i mean you know that plus all the post post processing i mean all the all the effects you could want in the world mm-hmm. um plus you can you can change the way everything looks absolutely everything is changeable um and and people build themes for it that suit them, and 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 you can eat, you can change the sensitivity, the meters. You can do apps. Yeah, really. I don't I don't want to sound like a broken record because, as I say, I barely know it. Um, what I do know is that the forums are terrific and very helpful, super techy if if that's what you're after, and super friendly if you want to say, hey, how do I do this? Um, they'll tell you. Uh, I've, I've learned an awful lot, um, about, uh, mix downs, for example. Like I say, I, when I started, I had an engineer to do that kind of stuff. Um, but, but learning, learning about mixing, learning about, you, you mentioned track automation. Yeah, you can do, when I'm doing music, um, you can, it, it'll watch you. Um, so you can play with it, your mouse or a slider of some sort, um, and then clean it up afterwards if you went too low or too high or too quick or too slow. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's fabulous for that. But I think, I mean, I think they all do that. I think, you know, I think Logic does that. Lots of things do that. Yeah, but it is, it's one of those ones that's off the radar of a lot of, I find anyways, North American folks. I don't know if there's a reason why it's sort of European uh, divide from North America, both Reaper and uh, Hindenburg is the other one too. That mm. uh, inevitably, podcasters I talk to who are across the globe have heard of more than North American folks have for whatever reason. I don't know <laughs> why. There's there's no, there's a very little marketing of any of those kind of devices or software, but uh, that just seems to be the way, the case. And uh, and Reaper in particular, being free to use and then completely uncrippled, and there's no way like there's nothing. Uh, that stops you from using it initially at least. And I just put a link to their wiki for uh, just tutorials and all that kind of stuff. Tons of information on getting going. So bottom line is you, the excuse of I can't afford logic or, or some of the more expensive packages, I guess, Doesn't isn't hold. there. Yeah. No. <laughs> so does not hold. <laughs> but, uh, but it's a, yeah, a great way to, I found, I tried Reaper cause a friend of mine who's into audio stuff had, had mentioned it and it just wasn't, didn't work with my brain cause I'm just, spent too much time staring at logic express now which is itself an older version and uh do probably do for an upgrade it works on yosemite surprisingly so i'll hang on for a little while longer but um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's uh, it to each their own for sure and but there is plenty of powerful options available i guess for folks if they're looking to get into this so um 
you mentioned uh, a few things, a few podcasts in, in sort of wrapping up. I, what I uh, like to hear from podcasters is podcasts they listen to. And uh, I don't know if you have your podcast player of choice or device or whatever you <coughs> use, but um, <coughs> handy. Um, you mentioned Radiotopia and, and Alex Bloomberg's start. Well, the only, the, only, the only Radiotopia show I listen to at the moment is 99PI, 99% Invisible, um, which is is astonishing it's wonderful it's great radio um and it it has broken the mold in so many respects um first kickstarter campaign all the rest of it uh and now they've signed up another one that's new to me criminal which is great uh i think the website is thisiscriminal.com um and on twitter i think there are criminal show something like that um i i i I mean, one of the one of the problems, Chris, is it's just time to listen. You know, um, I mean, I walk the dog uh, and listen. Then uh, that's three twice a day. Uh, the third walk, she don't, I don't listen. Um, but you know, I don't listen at my desk. I only listen when I'm out and about. Um, so what else do I listen to? I listen to some radio. I listen to the Radio Four from the BBC. I listen to the Food Program. And uh, Melvin Bragg's program, In Our Time, which is a weekly 45-minute discussion program, usually with academics, on a huge range of topics. I mean, absolutely everything. Science, history, uh, um, literature, uh, everything, everything, everything. He's, he, he's sort of the thinking man's polymath um, and brilliant. It's like being in a, in a high-class university tutorial. Um, Another program that from the BBC is um, More or Less, which is uh, all about numbers and statistics. Um, uh, Thinking Aloud, which is A-L-L-O-W-E-D, um, a, a, a standard British pun. Um, that's a sort of social science pod, uh, radio program, which I listen to. I mean, one of the, you know, I'm in Rome, and, and that's the way I hear... Um, hear stuff from from Britain, um, but I don't. I never listen to news programs or any of those. Uh, what else? I listen to ADN. Um, there's a guy called Jason Irwin Matigo, who he produced a lovely little series called Discover ADN, which was about people on ADN, and now he's just started a new one called Space Bar, um, talking about space, which is not a huge interest of mine, and I listen to it because he's a friend. Um, it's good. I, I don't mean to put it down. It's good. He's only had one episode so far. Um, what else? Well, the Huffduffer thing that we talked about right at the beginning, I find lots of interesting things. I just listened to, for some obscure reason, somebody's been, I can't even remember now, somebody's been, been linking to some good shows from Australia. So in the past two days, I've listened to an interview with, Martha, with Martin Carthy, the folk singer, um, from an Australian station. I'm, I wish I could tell. Well, wait a minute. If I look on my player, I should be able to tell you. What, do you, um, what app are you using to play this? Downcast. 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 Okay. Cool. Um, uh, I mentioned Startup. Um, why can't I find it? Uh, so I listened to Martin Carthy. That was very fine. Um, I listened to a program from Australia about the history of pho, the Vietnamese soup. Um, <laughs> nice. Oh, really? I mean, you know, yeah, I'm pretty that's... eclectic on that stuff. <laughs> um, and I listened to what did I listen to? Uh, oh, yeah, um, an Australian show called Future Tense, which was new to me, which was talking about online comments. And, and what to do about the appalling level of of discourse in most online comments. Um, now, you know, will I subscribe to any of those? I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, I might subscribe to the RSS feeds, and then when there's something that interests me, I'll go and um, add it to my Huffduff stream, and then listen to it. But because I, I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit um, completist or anal, if you like. If I've downloaded something, I tend to listen to it. I don't often skip. I, I, there are some things that will trigger an instant skip for me, but um, by and large, if I've downloaded it, I listen to it. And so I get, 
I get very behindhand very quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I know the feeling of not having a commute per se. And, and so then it yeah. kind of limits your time. If yeah. you don't. Oh, Planet Money. Did I mention Planet Money? Oh, yeah. Well, but, yeah. Planet Money's great. Uh, Phone Boy Speaks. Phone Boy is everywhere. Um, that's like a three to four minute thing daily. Uh, listen to Lucy. Lucy Kellaway from the Financial Times. She's great. It's a five minute podcast once a week. Um, TLDR, which has just changed hands because I think the guys who were on it have gone over to, to start up a SIM car. Brilliant. Love a SIM car. That's an hour long, terrible audio quality. Very good ideas. <laughs> brilliant ideas. Um, and then a couple that I kind of have given up on or that Howell Creek radio hasn't put out anything lately. Uh, yeah, I'm just scrolling through my list. Those are the ones. Yeah, well, that's Those a are great the list of uh, of shows for and and variety too from uh, from previous guests who have you know different obviously different interests and different things. So yeah, it's, it's great yep. to have a different perspective and uh, and often I I I think again whether it's a North American thing or maybe just my exposure to folks over here where we tend to get fairly uh, definitely I would. I can throw the blame down down south a bit on the U.S. folks, but tend to be fairly North America centric in our podcast listening, even, and sure. we'll have the occasional BBC listen or whatever that show that we like. But um, but even yeah, Australia as a obviously there's a you know a, a need or a desire for English as the spoken language for a lot of folks here, but sure, Australia being uh, quite a large continent and <laughs> country and and uh, having. A variety of great shows as well, too, and that's. Uh, is... I don't know. You know, I rec- I interviewed a guy from Tasmania on my show a little while ago. I've never, New Zealand never comes across my radar. Really, Australia does, hmm. Canada does. There's some great music shows on CBC. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I, I, podcasts again. I think I think what you're saying is actually really very interesting, and it's one of the things that. Um, interests me most if i if you know if i won the lottery and could dedicate myself to this one of the things i'm very interested in is how do people find podcasts because it's you know if if you're on npr and 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 leave to make a podcast of course people are going to follow you i mean it's good it's good quality too he deserves it but to go to number three after two episodes as startup has done um in downloads is phenomenal (laughs) Um, there there ought to be a better um, podcast discovery system and people have tried having directories and, 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 and stuff like that and it hasn't really worked and I've written down some stuff and I've talked to people about how you would make it work I mean Huff Duffer could be that thing um, with a little well as you say he should, Jeremy should take money and, and yeah well we can't tell him what to do <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, that's, but yeah, that's that's going to be the, I, I I hate to say eternal problem, but it definitely is a start. And then like uh, the latest thing that people are sort of grabbing onto as well, Apple's putting you know the CarPlay thing and the podcast app is installed by default on iOS devices in iOS eight now, and so maybe that'll be uh, sort of the next level yeah. of listeners. We'll see. Yeah, I, but but well, maybe it'll be the next level of listeners. But but you know um. Show me your mic. You know how 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 do people find it? You've got a you've got a terrific stable of things. I mean, I, I listened to a I listened to an episode recently involving um, the numbers that you need to get advertising. I you know mm-hmm. the number of downloads you 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 get. Well, those those are for most of us that number of downloads is just beyond our wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be able to pay my Amazon S three bill if I got that level of downloading. <laughs> Yeah, it's, that's the other chicken the egg discussion in, yeah. in podcasting for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. that's uh, there's a it's the Amazon S three versus Libsyn is the common argument. Yeah, and that's yeah. a discussion to so for folks who are, aren't sure and maybe you're just getting into this thing, Libsyn would be one way to look at because it's sort of dedicated ba- uh, price and uh, just paid on storage basis, whereas Amazon is more like cheaper price potentially. But as if all of a sudden your episode spikes and you. You know, you're linked from the New York Times or something like that. You're going to be paying. Yeah, bring it on, I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's where yeah the pop. It's that initial spurt of popularity before you have the the sponsor maybe paying and helping. 
based on your sure. popularity. And and you know there are there are good things around like Flatter and Patreon. I haven't mm. got into Patreon. I just started doing Flatter a little while ago. Yeah, I think that's actually that's a podcast I didn't mention. Um, Evil Genius podcast. That's one I don't subscribe to, but I have the I have the RSS feed for that uh, for the for the for the website. And if there's a good one, I'll I'll. Uh, I'll I'll go and huff off it, um, but you know I think there are these there's loads of things with micropayments and what have you floating around and there's things in the air and yeah you know something is going to happen something's mm. going to happen and I just hope I'm around to take advantage of it <laughs> and you are too yeah well definitely I mean that's the always the thing I think is. is Everybody always says it's, you know, you should have started a podcast two years ago or a blog or whatever, but you can still start one now and you'll be set up sure. and like you're doing. It's a, it's a great show that you have and, and audio quality uh, is obviously of great importance and you do a great job of that. But more importantly, the story and the conversations you're having are great and interesting in, in spite of or because of or depending on your angle, like I was saying, whether you care about Apple specifically or not in Kazakhstan, the story of how, why, and where is just as interesting if you're, even if you have an Apple aversion for some reason. <laughs> Mac puns aside. <laughs> so where can folks uh, find you, follow you, all that kind of stuff? What's your I'm on, digits? Uh, well, the, the, the website is eatthispodcast.com. Uh, the Twitter is eatpodcast um, because somebody else had that. Uh, I'm on ADN as Jeremy Churfus. Um, uh, you can find me on Facebook, but I'm never there. Um, there is also a, a kind of mothership site, which is jeremychurfus.net. Um, but I haven't posted there since July. I'm, I'm a bad person. Um, <laughs> I have a, a bread blogger. site. I have a bad, I have a bread site, which is my other passion. Um, but I haven't posted there for almost as long. So. Um, I won't. I won't give it up. I mean, as I say, I use my real name everywhere, so you can find me. Um, I'm there. Yeah, it's a unique enough name. Do you have trouble getting on new services? Do you have? Is there another Jeremy Jervis that's no fighting with you for no? No. Nope. <laughs> my sister's around, and there may be some long lost relatives, and occasionally, yeah, um, they we make contact, but no, basically no. I'm. I am me. I mean, I, I was very sniffy about Ello, and somebody said, well, you better go and get your name. I said, who else would want my name? And they said, squatters. What about squatters? So I rushed over to Ello and registered my name, and I haven't been back. Right. <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, there's a Chris Enns in Eastern Canada who's apparently getting in a lot of trouble for uh, uh, marijuana issues <laughs> anyways oh, i don't know dear. all the details so i sometimes get uh, those google searches and then there's a uh, someone in the states who was really upset with me for getting the facebook you know your vanity url name or whatever of chris ends and wrote me an angry response but we since worked it out so oh, thus good. far peace good. amongst chris ends is on the internet that i'm Excellent. aware of so well thanks thanks jeremy for joining me on show me mike um if you're listening later and you want to find this, you can find it at goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 58 is the episode number. Um, my thanks, of course, to Campaign Monitor for their support. You can follow Good Stuff, the broadcast network, at goodstuff underscore fm. I'm iChris on Twitter. And Show Me Your Mic has its own little Twitter account, smym underscore fm. Uh, I am toying with the idea of uh, just starting a bit of a... Um, a newsletter for Show Me Your Mic. I think I've mentioned this in the past and and uh, haven't th figured out exactly the right way to go about this, but I'm going to start with just using your, your sort of automated publishing out new episodes. Um, so if you prefer, like plenty of you subscribe in iTunes or your podcast player, or maybe you follow the Twitter feed and just click that way. If you'd like to get a just an email notification each time there's a new episode on the Show Me Your Mic page, goodstuff.fm slash smym, there's a Show Me Your Mic newsletter link that you can click throw down your email address and I'll send you an email when there's a new episode. And uh, beyond that, it might be like an, ep an issue or a, an email, I guess, uh, once a month beyond that. So nothing too spammy or, or buy my ebook kind of stuff, just interesting podcasting related stuff that I would be putting out through there. So feel free to sign up. Um, and also one other sort of housekeeping note related to good stuff. In uh, as of this recording, anyways, in ten days, uh, just over two weeks, we're having a good stuff meetup here in my hometown of Saskatoon. So, if you're interested in that, the link will be in the show notes. If you're connected at all, a listener, a former guest—I don't know if there's any guests who are from 
I've had on from my area, uh, any of those kinds of things, you're welcome to show up uh, and join us. It'd be great to see you in person. And uh, there might, if shipping things align properly, there might even be some good stuff, stickers, swag there to hand out. So love to see you there. Um, and uh, in the meantime, see you next week or whatever time zone that happens to be when you listen to this. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye. <laughs>